Hey there, and welcome to Enter the Nether Realm. I'm happy to have you here. You are great, and I am too. So today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Something extremely original, something you've never heard of anybody doing before. That's right. I'm going to be making a tier list. I know, right? You're blown away by the originality I'm showing here. But uh, this is a very special tier list, because this is, and again, one of those things that I thought about doing... Uh, before I actually started the show, which is, we're going to be doing a tier list of the 3D era, specifically, characters from the Mortal Kombat games. So, we're going to get right into it. Uh, welcome to Enter the Netherrealm. Enter the Netherrealm. Now, uh, one thing I want to do real quick, though, is we have a kind of a mini version of a... Combat alert! That's right, combat alert time. Uh, this is a story from ScreenRant.com. The title of the story? Mortal Kombat 2 Can't Abandon Cole Young's Hero Story No Matter What Fans Want. Right there already? I'm sure they got plenty of hate clicks on that, so congratulations, guys. Uh, before I even read the, t the title, or the story, I'm going to read you a little bit of the story here. I just want to say this. I don't know how, much, how many people really actually want Cole gone now that he's here, versus how many people would have just preferred that he was someone else, you know? Like, like I've talk to people, and I've had a surprising number of people say, oh no, he was fine, or eh, I don't have a problem with him, or whatever, right? I, I think the majority of the consternation came from, well, why the fuck wasn't he Johnny Cage, or whoever, right? Now that he's here, I think most people are kind of okay with it. So, a little bit of the story. Mortal Kombat 2 writer Jeremy Slater has promised that they are listening to fan feedback to the original film. Original. Film namely regarding the movie's protagonist. However, the film cannot abandon Cole's hero story. Cole Young is the protagonist of the 2021 Mortal Kombat film series reboot and has been quite a diverse character, divisive, not diverse, character amongst the fans. Cole is a new and original to the series, a heroic human fighter amongst the paranormal cast of Mortal Kombat fighters, ninjas, and gods of thunder. Some have declared the character boring and unnecessary with a little personality. Yeah, I, I can't I can't fight that there. I can't I disagree with that. As such, with the creative team taking on feedback to the film seriously, Cole would be expected to take a backseat, but the writers shouldn't allow this to happen. Remember, this is the guy who's writing the article. Part of the problem with Cole is that he is very similar to Johnny Cage. No, he's not who is not only a human martial arts fighter, but also a Hollywood actor in turn. He's more of like an actor that does fighting stuff. That's like saying that, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jean-Claude Van Damme was a martial artist. Cage has always been a charming and charismatic character whose irreverent quipping juxtaposes the self-seriousness... Man, he was really trying to hit a syllable quota there, wasn't he? While a Mortal Kombat Johnny Cage spinoff has great potential, I don't think anybody asked for that. Cole is ultimately not Johnny Cage. 
Correct. I don't think anyone was saying that he was Johnny Cage. I think people were saying that he was put in place of Johnny Cage or instead of Johnny Cage, which even that's debatable, but I'll finish this up real quick. Rather, Cole's decidedly stoic, generic good guy characterization has led many fans to find him boring. The creative team behind Mortal Kombat 2 has promised to listen to the feedback of the first film, vowing to make a sequel that, quote, tops the original every way. As much like the first one, well, that won't be that hard. However, despite being divisive, abandoning Cole as the central protagonist, radically altering his character, or even making him more like Johnny Cage would not only be harsh on the character, but the actor too. There's more to the article. The the link's in the show notes if you want to go read the full thing. However, a, a couple of things. One, people weren't really comparing him to Johnny Cage. It was more so that people were saying, like, oh man, why wasn't he Johnny Cage? Uh, why was this this guy? People were making the thing of like, oh, they put him in instead of Johnny Cage, which might more or less be true. But I, th- I think there's a very big misunderstanding that a lot of fans have of of whatever series, not just Mortal Kombat, of looking at the roster or looking at the cast or looking at whoever and going, oh, this guy, my favorite's not here because they went with the right. Like that was that's been a big thing with uh. There were two uh, the two fighting game series, funny enough, that have a lot of uh, two fighting game series that have a lot of guest characters, which is Mortal Kombat and Soul Calibur. People like in let's say freaking Mortal Kombat X, people looked at that and went, "Oh, so they put Jason in, but they couldn't put Havoc or an MK11." Like, "Oh, they they don't have Ermac and Reptile because they put in John Rambo or RoboCop, right?" And I kind of get what they're saying. I kind of get what they're coming from. It's like, I, I would have rather have, or I would have rather to have, or whatever the phrase is. And I understand that 100%, but that's not what people say. A lot of people get in their heads, it's like, oh, if fucking RoboCop wasn't here, then maybe we could have had a Reptile. Or if John Rambo wasn't here, maybe we could have gotten Ermac. You know? Shit like that. Which isn't true. That's not how any of this works. They don't sit down and have a meeting. It's like, all right, guys, we're going to go after the rights and see if we can get the rights to spawn. But if we can't get get spawn, uh, we'll put Hotaro in there. Okay? Got it? Cool. Right? That That's not how those conversations go. The idea that, and, and this all, I was me another, the best example of this is Smash Brothers. It's like, oh, they're stealing a slot. You know, Toon Link is stealing a slot, right? That That's something that you've heard every Smash Brothers hardcore fan say is, oh, whoever stealing this spot or stolen this spot or someone else could have had the spot. I understand the sentiment, but that's not how that works. It's not like they made the decision, like, well, we'll either put in Toon Link or we'll put in, you know, crap, what was his name? Gino. They were going to put Toon Link in. And if they didn't put Toon Link in, they probably weren't going to, there probably was not, a, it was, there wasn't like a coin flip. Or it wasn't like, if we just, like, eh, we're not going to put Toon Link in, instead we'll do Gino, right? Those are two completely separate conversations. So, getting back to the root of this matter, people who said, I mean, I don't remember anybody who said, oh, he's too much like Johnny Cage, or he's just like Johnny Cage, or he's just a Johnny Cage in this movie. Not, the closest Johnny Cage comparison I ever heard to Cole Young was the whole, like, the normal person being drug into this crazy world of magic fighting horse shit, right? 
And but I don't think anybody considers him like, oh, he's so much like. What was the phrase? Uh, what was the phrase that he used here? Something along the lines of, "Part of the problem with Cole is that he is very similar to Johnny Cage." No, he's not. I heard nobody say, "Ah, oh, Johnny Cole Young is just a boring Johnny Cage," or "Cole Young is is whatever." Right? I I heard plenty of people say shit along the lines of, "I'd rather have Johnny Cage than him," or. He's not as good as Johnny Cage. I heard kind of people disparaging Cole Young in favor of Johnny Cage. That's not that hard. Or that would happen all over the place. But the idea that, oh, he's too similar to Johnny Cage. No, he's not. If you were to stand Johnny Cage and Cole Young next to each other, it wouldn't be like a freaking Darius and Jack situation where people are just like, two, black, two bald black guys wearing sunglasses. Uh, crap, which one's Jack, right? No, it, people would be able to tell the difference between Johnny and Cole Young immediately. And personality-wise, they're nothing alike. Johnny Cage isn't even a... Like, again, he's not a martial artist. He's just a movie actor. A movie actor, yeah, whatever. Who does martial arts. And he's really good at them. But I don't think that Johnny Cage, even in the freaking movie... Well, maybe in the series, but... Or maybe in canon, or whatever you want to call it, right? But I don't think anybody ever really is like, Oh, yeah, Johnny Cage is a martial artist. That's who he is. No, he's a movie actor that is also very good at fighting and very good at martial arts. I, I might be... Messing, but the the point is like the phrasing, right? So yeah, I don't think there's anybody that was like, oh, he's just like Johnny Cage. And also the people who thought, well, they were either gonna put in Cole Young or Johnny Cage. No, I'm sure like in the first or second pitch meeting, they were like, why don't we just have an original character and save Johnny for the sequel? Because think about it, Johnny Cage is already in the game. Johnny Cage was already in the original ones, and they said from the very beginning. This isn't just going to be like a follow-up to the first, or not a follow-up, but like a remake of the 95 movie. We're going to be doing something very different, right? So we got a pretty good idea right off the bat that we're going to be doing something such as not having Johnny Cage in the freaking movie. And also, that is because, because look at the response that people have had and look at, the res- the, look at everything that's happened. Clearly, they, were, they might not have anticipated as much backlash, but they freaking nailed the thought of like, we'll take out Johnny... We'll save him for the sequel, and people will be fucking hyped to see Johnny again. And they nailed it, because pretty much ever since Mortal Kombat 1 came out, people are like, where was Johnny Cage? Every single article, like this one right here, kind of. Every single article I see about Mortal Kombat 2 is, where's Johnny Cage? Who's going to be Johnny Cage? What role is Johnny Cage going to play? If they had put more, uh, Johnny Cage into Mortal Kombat 1, not the 2021 movie, they wouldn't be getting a fucking sixth of the publicity they currently are. So if you just want to look at it from just a raw like business standpoint, they made a great fucking decision by not having Johnny in the first one. Because the, fir- the first one made its money. It did pretty well in syndication. It, critical reception was mixed. But now everyone's like, all right, yeah, that, that movie wasn't great. But, but, Mortal Kombat 2 is going to have Johnny Cage in it. And let's see who it's going to be. Is it going to be John Cena? Is it going to be Ryan Reynolds? Is it going to be uh, Chris Pratt? Et cetera, et cetera, right? So they, they nailed it there. Now, just to get back to kind of like my own personal feelings on Cole Young, I personally did not hate Cole Young. I didn't particularly, particularly like him either. I feel like he could have been done better, right? Obviously, like, I, and I won't sit here and be like, oh, I was totally open-minded, and I would have been 100% perfectly fine with Cole Young from the beginning. No. I was one of the people who went, who the fuck is this guy, right? But I'm also open to being won over. And 
he didn't freaking win me over, right? Cole Young was tepid. Kind of boring, as he said. Not very interesting. I don't give a shit about his family. I don't care about his daughter. I don't care about his little bracelet. I don't care about his failed MMA career. Cole Young was just not interesting. You could have taken, even if you didn't want to make him the funny guy, because you want to kind of save that role for Johnny, and also Kano was in there. Okay, so you just want to make him the straight man. Okay, cool. Make him the straight man. But make him an interesting straight man. Like, one of the biggest things is they really could have done a significantly better job with the frickin' connection to Scorpion, right? Because there was, like, the dream, and he was like, oh, man, oof, man, I'm seeing frickin' demons in my brain. Weird. And then Raiden's like, hey, you're related to Scorpion. And then Scorpion shows up right at the end, right? They could have done, like, and I, I think it was a Maximilian dude where he said that, like, it could have been done a lot better where it's like, throughout the whole movie, you're seeing, like, you know, Cole Young wakes up from the dream of, you know, where he sees his grandfa- great-grandfather's family get murdered and whatever, right? And then you go, gets, like, you know, later on in the movie, he gets up and splashes his face in water and he looks in the mirror and boom, it's Scorpion, right? And just build up the whole Scorpion thing. And another thing the Maximilian dude said, which, obviously, listening to me, you know who Maximilian dude is on YouTube, Twitch, et cetera, et cetera. He's a great, funny, hilarious guy. One of the other things he said that the first time I heard it, I was like, nah, fuck you. That's a terrible idea. But now it's kind of grown on me. They could have had it be something like, why wasn't Cole's Arcana that he literally channeled the Scorpion, right? Why was his Arcana the stupid fucking body armor and Tonfas? Which, again... Stupid is the key word there. If he had been like, you know, seeing his family being frozen to death, and then suddenly he's like, oh no, we burst into flames, and then suddenly there stood Hanzo Hisashi, aka Scorpion, and Sub-Zero was like, oh fuck. So when when Shang Tsung said descendant, he uh, he meant that pretty literally, didn't he? And then they have their normal fight, because here's like, in the final fight, Cole Young was a fucking cheerleader, basically. In the final fight between Scorpion and Sub-Zero, Scorpion didn't need his help. Cole was just like, yeah, go get him, go get him. And he like punched Sub-Zero a couple times just to make it so that he wasn't completely worthless. But Scorpion did all the heavy lifting while... And he Cole Young didn't even break out his own family. Freaking Scorpion did like the big fire plume and melted them. He didn't... Cole Young served no purpose in that. So if it was like Cole Young was wearing the suit of fucking Hanzo Hisashi, that would have made more sense... It would have he would have saved his own family and also killed his great great grandfather's freaking family murderers, all that good shit. Originally, that's an idea that I heard floating around at first, and I was like, "That's a terrible idea. That was stupid. That would have been awful." But then it kind of grew on me as time passed, right? So again, I didn't hate Cole Young. I think he could have been done a little better. He definitely he definitely could have been more interesting. And in terms of like should they abandon his story or whatever? I don't know. But people are like no, that he was the main character of the first movie. They can't. They literally can't. How would they possibly do it? 
And there's a one example I keep pointing back to. Hellboy. Who here remembers the old Hellboy movies? The ones I think from 2004 and 2006, right? Hellboy 1 and 2. I'm going to look that up real quick. Hellboy movies. 2004 and 2008. So who here remembers Hellboy 2004, right? It started off with white meat baby face guy who is just you know, a freaking trash man for the freaking CIA, right? He just cleans out the freaking toilets. And suddenly he gets transferred into a new department. And inside the department is a world of magic and demons and superheroes. And he's part of a secret underground world of fucking supernatural horse shit, right? Kind of like Cole Young, who he was a shitty little MMA fighter. And then he gets pulled into the magical world. Now, who remembers John in Hellboy 2? Hands up. Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. Hands up. Remember remember what John did in that movie? Yeah, that's right. You don't. Because you know what happened? If, if you never watched Hellboy 2, I'm going to spoil it right now. Okay, 3, 2, 1. At the very, very, very beginning of Hellboy 2. Like, I think the freaking opening credits were still rolling. Like, the, at the bottom of the screen. Hellboy and Fishman were talking. And it's like, oh, but dude, whatever happened to John? It's like, oh, yeah, I uh, got him sent to a freaking project down in Alaska. And then the movie went on. John's fi- uh, his face, his character, his voice. John was not in Hellboy 2. And no one gave a fuck. Because guess what? Our introduction as the audience into the mystical world has been done. We are now in the mystical world. We no longer need to be alongside that guy. Now, I am predicting, again, going back to my old, yeah. I am predicting that that's exactly what's going to happen to Cole Young in Mortal Kombat, the movie too. Is the movie's going to open up and Sonya's going to be like, oh man, hey Jax, where's, uh, where's that Cole guy? It's like, oh yeah, Raiden uh, told him to fuck off. And uh, he put him out in his secret uh, White Lotus hideout with his family. And then they're never going to talk about him again. Or, equally as possible, but still in the same vein, is the movie's going to open up, and then Cole Young's going to be like, oh, uh, good night, little daughter, kiss on the head, I'm going to go freaking play Sega PlayStation. And then he's going to walk out of the room, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, he's going to hear a noise outside, huh? There's something in my garage. He's going to walk out into the garage. Huh, there's nothing there. And suddenly a shadow is going to step out of the darkness and fucking sucker punch him. And who is it? Well, he starts fighting the solid black ninja. And suddenly he gets sucker punched from behind again by another solid black ninja. It's Noob Saibot. And Noob Saibot grabs Cole and just whack, rips him in half. Right? And that's and then the freaking opening credits will start. I'm predicting that that's probably what's going to happen in Mortal Kombat 2. Either he's going to be killed within the first five minutes or completely written out with like two lines about his existence. Now, should they do that? Is that what I believe they should do? Not necessarily. I would, at this point, enough times passed. If they wanted to stick with Cole Young and have him around, okay, that's fine. I would be fine with that. But we'll see. Yes, we will. So, 
What do you think? Do you think they should just completely drop Cole Young? Let, let me know. Leave a comment. Whatever, right? So, here we are. Today, we're going to do the most visual episode yet. But, if, you, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, and you just like, oh, I, I don't want to have to watch it, that's fine. I will do my absolute best to make sure that this is as you know digestible for an audio-only podcast as possible, right? So for starters, you know what a tier list is, right? Is you rate is you have a bunch of characters or a bunch of people, a bunch of concepts, whatever, and you have them set up to be well ranked from the best to the worst, the highest tier down to the very, very bottom, the worst. On this ranking list right here, we have seven levels, seven tiers, if you will, that we will be ranking these characters based on. Now, as I, as I said before, this is going to be a Mortal Kombat 3D era characters tier list. However, there are a few exceptions. For example... Chameleon is on here. I'm aware that Chameleon was in MK3. But no one really cares about him in MK3. They were secret in MK3, and they didn't really have a presence until Armageddon. Same thing with Serena, who was also on this list. She was technically in the 2D port of Deadly Alliance. So she was never technically in the 3D era game, but I'm still counting her anyway. Now... Another thing is we're counting 3D era from Mortal Kombat 4 up until Mortal Kombat Armageddon. I'm not including any characters from MK vs. DCU, even though that is technically a 3D era game, because it's all old characters and, Mar and some DC superheroes and then Dark Khan, you know? So, yeah, MK4 through Mortal Kombat versus, Armage versus Armageddon. Mortal Kombat Armageddon. So, most importantly... What are the tiers? I'm going to start from the top and go down. So at the very top, which is the best possible ranking you can receive, is Flawless. Makes sense. Right below that is Awesome. Below that is Pretty Good. Then you have Underrated, which is characters that I can understand that people don't like, that I don't think are particularly the best ever, right? But they are not terrible. They do not deserve to be lumped in with the worst of the worst. And then we have bad, which is simply that. They're bad. They, they're not egregious, but they're definitely not very good. Then you have you suck, which is the worst of the worst that you can be. Except for the one very special uh, rank down at the very bottom, which is the Suhao rank which is obviously reserved for everyone's favorite fucking shithead, Su Hao. So, Su Hao gets a Su Hao out of Su Hao, and that's how we're going to start it off with, right? So, at the very bottom of the list, er, we have Su Hao. So, I'm going to be kind of go... They are technically arranged numerically, but or alphabetically, but I'm just going to go ahead and do whatever I want. How about that? So, I'm going to look around this. Uh, I'm going to start with... A classic, Dairu. Now, Dairu is probably what I would call the single most forgettable character in Mortal Kombat, especially the DC, not the DC, the 3D era, but the most forgettable character 
in all of Mortal Kombat history. He doesn't have a particularly memorable look, a particularly memorable moveset, no particularly memorable fatalities. A lot of people have said he looks like a like a generic soldier that you would fight in like a a crap. What's the a Muso game, right? He seems like he would be General Dairu, and he'd be like the sub boss of the third level, right? And I can't blame you. I don't know anything about Dairu other than his name being Dairu and his little symbol on his head. However, all that being said, is he terrible? I wouldn't say so. I would say that he is bad. He's bad simply because he's just so bad unmemorable he's so plain he's so uninteresting but at the same time i will i don't think of i don't think of dairo as like oh god that's one of the worst ones so he's gonna go under bad next up we're gonna grab one that i think goes straight up and i would put it into pretty good but i'm gonna be fair here and put her into underrated which is lee may i still do not i like lee may a lot if you listen to previous episodes you understand that i actually Kind of like Lee May a lot. I do not, for the love of me, understand why people fucking hate Lee May. There are people that think, oh, how, how appropriate that she was the first one to die in Armageddon. Oh, Lee May's so terrible. She was just the worst, right? There are people who put her down there with some of the worst of the worst of the worst. And I don't get it. She was just purple, kind of like a Liu Kang character. She, there was nothing particularly wrong with her. And de- again, I've said this before, in Deadly Alliance, a Deception rather, she had two of the best fatalities in the entire game. Her movie, her moveset wasn't that bad. Her backstory isn't like egregious. I don't understand why people hate her so much. I would like to put her in pretty good, but I'm going to be fair. Just goes off of going off of everyone else's thoughts. I'm going to put her into underrated, right? So that's right there dead in the center. Now... I think we got a pretty easy slam dunk here. The blind swordsman Kenshi, right up into flawless. Kenshi is—I don't think I'm gonna get much blowback if I say this. Kenshi is the best new character from the 3D era with a fucking bullet, especially in Deadly Alliance, who that game produced all of. I think the top three most, like, eye-rolling, ridiculed characters in Mortal Kombat history. Kenshi was a fucking diamond. Just a thousand billion carats, pure, perfect, don't need to cut it. Put that shit in the Queen of England's fucking nightstand. Kenshi, the blind swordsman, is fantastic. There's a reason that he was the only 3D era character to not just bring come back in MK9, but also in MKX. If you don't count Tanya, because she was DLC. He is fantastic. He is flawless. Kenshi, 10 out of 10. Next up, we're gonna grab an- I'm gonna grab another real easy one. Mocap. Mocap sucks. Mocap is lame. Mocap, I'm shocked, even got into the game. <laughs> Mocap seems like one of those things, one of those characters where it's like, 
I could totally see mocap being an alternate costume for Johnny Cage because Johnny Cage is like a movie star and all that. But how the hell did mocap get it get to be his own character? Mocap is just is just a white guy in a mocap suit who just is his whole gimmick is that he's mediocre, right? Maybe it's not even his whole gimmick, but that's how I feel, right? He's just kind of lame. He's super lame. He's boring. He's interesting. I don't think there's anybody who is coming to mocap's defense ever, right? So I think he firmly goes in the first you suck spot. Now, here's going to be one of the exceptions that I made to this little rule, which is Motaro. I'm putting Motaro in this list because what the fuck did they do to Motaro? They turned him into a fucking satyr. He sucks. Moving on. Next up, we're going to go with another one that's somewhat debatable, which is Hotaru. Hotaru is a character that I've heard conflicting things on from people talking about the 3D era characters. He's obviously not the best. However, his the his look, his fatalities, his backstory, the fact that he's like the leader of the order realm and he stands for all things order and all that good stuff. Hotaru is not a bad character. He's got a decent look to him. His his armor, it looks good when he when he doesn't have the helmet on. Because then he looks he almost looks kind of like a cyborg because it looks like the he- it looks like he doesn't fit into the armor, you know? Like if you look up a picture of Hotaru, right? Without his helmet on. He almost looks like some kind of cyborg robot, some kind of unreal manifestation of himself, right? Or of a creature, right? Cuz there, there's and maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking about too much about this, but he looks like he doesn't belong in that suit. It looks like his head is too small, the suit is too big, he looks it looks unnatural, right? Which is not necessarily a bad thing, it makes him look unique. And I actually kind of like it. But when he puts the helmet on, he then immediately just looks like, kind of like what people say with Dairu, which is he just looks like a generic NPC that you'd beat up in a freaking you know, Musou game or whatever, right? But going his, uh, his base design with the flags and the Order Realm and all that, he had a decent little play style... I think I think that in terms of the 3D era characters, Hotaru is going to go under pretty good. I think Hotaru is pretty good. You know, he's not terrible. He's not fantastic. He's not the worst ever. But he's also not the best ever. I think he's pretty good. And he's not underrated because I don't think anybody is underrating him or particularly overrating him. Next up, Frost. Another one of the very few 3D era characters that has made it into the newer games. She had a little cameo in MKX, which I liked her design in that better than I liked her in 11, which, and then she was also in MK11 as the first ever female cyber ninja. I liked, I definitely liked the idea of the cyber ninja, but I also just kind of liked, you know, f- ice hair, frosty, frost, right? She's one of the best uh, of the female ninjas, honestly. Like, I feel like she fits in perfectly alongside Katana, Molina, Jade. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've never been a huge Katana fan. Ha <laughs> ha! Puns! But seriously, I've never been the biggest fan of Katana. Like, of the original three lady ninjas, I always thought she was at the bottom. For me, it was like Molina, Jade, Katana, right? So, and I honestly, 
might put I might put Frost above Katana in my own personal feelings, right? I also kind of, she has a little bit of like the whole moody teenager thing going on, but I see now I think it kind of works for her. I think the Frost is a really good character. She might be the best new female from the 3D era games. I think that she's one of the best ninjas. The only real problem I can think of is kind of she has like a whiny, bitchy kind of like, eh, I want to go to the concert kind of personalities. But it also works because she can back it up. Frost, I'm really debating. Do I want to put Frost in Flawless or Awesome? And you know what? I'm looking at this list. I don't think there's anyone else that I can think of that's going to hit Flawless. You know what? I'm going to put her in Flawless. Frost, she's one of the best females in the entire series. Not just female ninjas, but one of the best ladies. She was the first cyber cybernetic female. Cybernetic lady ninja, whatever you want to call it. Which I know I shouldn't be ranking based on that, but whatever. She had she's always had pretty good luck. I like her icy hair. I like that she is like the bitchy, snotty protege to Sub Zero. I think that she's pretty solid. She's definitely been good. She has definitely been good, but she fits perfectly. I could put her right up in the lineup of like some. Do oh, I'm saying? I'm rambling. But the point is, Frost gets in the top spot below, or gets in the top tier below Kenji. Below Kenji, obviously specifically. Now, here's one that's going to cause possibly a little bit of debate. Jarek. Jarek is a kind of boring, kind of lame, kind of white meat, not very interesting character. He was only in MK4. He missed 5 and 6. He returned in Armageddon and has not been seen since. However, he has one of the most freaking memorable moments in Mortal Kombat history, and that is the ending trilogy of Mortal Kombat 4 between Sonya, himself, and Jax. <laughs> going somewhere, Jarek? Jax! I thought you were going to... thought I was, what, dead? Like my partner you just tossed off the cliff? I'm, I'm sorry, Jax. Please, don't drop me. Wait, I, I promise. Too late, Jarek. You can't drop me. You have to uphold the law. You have to arrest me. Wait, wait, this is brutality. You can't do it. Wrong, Jarek. This is not a brutality. This is a fatality. So with that, I think it's safe to say that Jarek absolutely has to go into the pretty good category. Next up, I'm going to put in... I'm, I'm kidding. He's going to go into bed. Next up, Darius. He's another one of those characters who just kind of doesn't get a lot of play in general. Nobody really talks about Darius. Nobody really thinks about Darius. Darius is just kind of there. But is he bad? No, not really. He's a, a, re a rebel from the Order Realm. He's kind of like got a blade look going on. He's got some decent fatalities. And I like the name Darius. So, where does Darius go on this list? Definitely not a you suck. Definitely not a bad. 
I could see myself putting him into underrated. He's not fantastic, but he's pretty good. I could see him making a, a cameo debut return, you know? Even if he doesn't do anything spectacular. He I, he could come back. I would, ble- bleh, I would be happy for him to come back and, you know, make a cameo or two. Or even come back and like a, do like a full return. Get like the Frost or the, I would say Kenshi, but he didn't really need a pro, uh, fixing. Give him the Frost or the Tanya treatment, you know? I could totally see that. Next up, Moloch, everyone's big favorite fucking three-eyed wrecking ball team. He goes into you suck. Moving on. Onaga. I'm just going to start with Onaga. No, I'm going to go with Onaga right now, right? So, Onaga. The Dragon King, also known as Damashi, who brought himself, brought himself, whatever. He was the main villain of Mortal Kombat Deception. And he was supposed to be the bringer of the end times, and then he didn't, and then he took over Reptile's body. And then in ter- taking over Reptile's body, he grew to three times his size and got giant-ass fucking wings. He was supposed to be the big bad of the Mortal Kombat universe at that time. And looking back especially, I don't think he holds up very well. It's And also he is the reason we had to introduce the Kamidogu, which the Kamidogu were not... They were kind of lame. They got a little bit re- redeemed in the Mortal Kombat X comic series. Be ter- being turned into knives and being used to do blood rituals. And it was like the whole thing. And the Kamidogu actually got to be a little bit better in the in the things, right? But Onage is not the Kamidogu. And also at the time, the Kamidogu were those stupid little amulets, right? So all that being said... If we want to take him and, like, okay, let, let's just put him in a vacuum, right? From Mortal Kombat Armageddon back to Mortal Kombat. Let's say the beginning of Mortal Kombat, right? Where does Onaga rank amongst the villains? He's definitely not Shang Tsung or Shao Kahn. That's not even close. Onaga. Would you say that Onaga is better than Shinnok? I've been debating this the whole time I've been sitting here, pretty much. Is Onaga better than Shinnok? Is Onaga better than Shinnok? And the answer is, I don't think so. Because at least in Mortal Kombat... you know, Should I count their additions in Mortal Kombat X? You know, it's my list. I'm going to do whatever I want. Especially in Mortal Kombat X, Shinnok at least got some personality. Shinnok got a little bit like, Oh, you filthy mortals, I'm going to kick your asses, you... Petulant little shits, right? He had more of a personality. Whereas Anago was just kind of like, I'm Big Dragon Man. Right? Onaga wasn't really that interesting, and especially when you compare him to the other big bads of the Mortal Kombat series, he doesn't really hold up. So, I'm going to... I just realized I don't have Quan Chi on here. Do I not? Did I miss him? Well, fuck me. Uh, I don't have Quan Chi on here. We'll get to there later, right? So, sorry. So when you compare Onaga to the other big bads of the Mortal Kombat franchise, I would put him... I'm going to put him into bad. He's not the worst, 
but he's probably the worst in terms of the big bad, right? Next up, Kai. Now, do you know who Kai is? I will give you a dollar right now if you can tell me which game Kai debuted in. Three, two, one. Mortal Kombat 4. Kai is equally as forgettable as Dairu. He doesn't particularly have anything going on. He's just kind of... there. Kai is without a doubt probably the... Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to say one of the most boring stories about Dairu. One of the most boring characters in Mortal Kombat history... I don't know anything about him other than the fact that Raiden gave him his staff at the end, right? Of At, like, at the end of his thing, right? So I'm going to put Kai into bad right behind Dairu, but in front of Jarek. So, actually, no, backwards. Wait, how, how am I doing this? So the front is, like, the most bad, the back is the least bad, right? So, like, Dairu in this situation is the most bad. I'm talking too much visual, sorry. I apologize, podcast listeners. The point is, Kai is under bed. Next up, Havoc. I fucking love Havoc. I think Havoc is fantastic. Havoc is, without a doubt, one of my favorite characters from the 3D era. But is he flawless? No. Havoc is really cool. I like his look. I like his idea. I like the that he's the embodiment of the chaos realm, kind of like, and he has kind of like the Joker thing going on. I like his fighting style, but he's not perfect. He's a little weird. His backstory, it's a little, he wants to promote chaos, but he's a cleric, which also means that, how do you have like a organized religious freaking sect in the chaos realm? So he's not perfect. He's not flawless. But I think, and especially if you like in the read the MKX comics, Havoc is fantastic. Havoc is great. I love Havoc, and I'm going to stick him up into awesome. But it was real tempting for a minute there to stick him up into flawless. Havoc is awesome. And again, he's one of those ones I really, really freaking hope he comes in MK12. So here's one that's going to cause some consternation. Bo Raicho. I like Bo Raicho. I think that Bo Raicho is underrated. Which you'd think I would immediately stick him into the underrated category, but hear me out. Bo Raicho is the big, fat, drunken master that taught Liu Kang and Kung Lao everything they know, right? He's the classic, like, not unsuspecting, but like the classic you don't expect him to be a badass kind of a badass, right? However, almost half or all of his offense is him farting, vomiting, belching, and sitting on you. So therefore, I have to be completely honest and put him into bad. Bo Raicho is bad. I would like Bo Raicho more. I would put him into underrated or pretty good if half of his moveset wasn't literally vomiting or farting. I would put him higher on the list, but Bo Raicho, because he is just literally like, I'm going to shit on you, and that's my fighting style, he's bad. Alright, so the next character we got here, Dramen. I like Dramen a lot. 
You know what? I won't even say a lot. I like Drummond. He's a cool idea. A warrior who was killed, sent to hell, and is being tortured. You know, all the things that happen in hell. And eventually he finds a magical mask that gives him strength and the ability to possibly fight his way out of the freaking nether realm. It's a cool idea. It's a cool concept. I don't like that he constantly has flies buzzing all around him. It's kind of weird. And I don't like that he basically just looks like meat with a mask on. If anything, you'd think that meat would be the one with flies buzzing all around him. Like That's something I'm kind of sticking on. And also, his mask is kind of lame. Like, like, I know it's supposed to... It looks kind of like an African, like, ritualistic ritual mask, right? Like, you know, for, like, African warlords or whatever. I kind of get that that's the, kind of the look they were going for, but I just don't love the mask. So, we're, I'm debating as to put him underrated or pretty good. It's definitely one of the two. It's underrated or pretty good. Not not worse, not better. And you know what? I'm going to give him a fair shake, and I'm going to put him into pretty good. Drawman is pretty good. Just take away the flies, and you got a solid character right there. I like him. Next up, we're just going to go with the one who's been sitting there this whole time. Ashra. Ashra, the demon of the under- nether realm, who is conscious of the fact that the nether realm sucks, and she wants to get out. She's got a cool hat. She's got a little dagger. I like her. Ashra's pretty good. However, not a lot of people care for her. She's one of those people who people don't particularly hate. People don't particularly love. People just kind of forget about her. But I don't think she's anywhere near as forgettable as that Kaya Dairu. I think she's got a good look to her. I like her style. I like everything she does. I'm going to take Ashra and put her into underrated. I believe Ashra is underrated. She's not fantastic. She's not bad. She's just underrated. Next up, I'm going to put take one that might be controversial, or it might not be. I don't know. Mavado. I think Mavado is one of the shittiest fucking characters, one of the stupidest fucking characters, one of the lamest fucking characters in the history of Mortal Kombat. They tried so hard to get him over by being like, oh, he's the one who killed Cabal, and he stole his hook swords and all that shit. But no one cared. No one liked Mavado. And his little bungee cord things were so lame. And they didn't make any sense. And just his face and his name and his play style. And nothing about Mavado is cool unless you really like those freaking the the leather jacket with the sleeveless leather jacket. Unless you like that, he's fucking lame. He has no redeeming qualities. You suck, Movado. You're along with freaking Mocap and Moloch. Movado, a lot of MOs. Well, I just realized something. Mocap, Mo Taro, Moloch, Movado are all in You Suck. I promise I didn't do that on purpose. So next up, I'm kind of just going to put these two right next to each other, but they're technically different characters. Chameleon and Chameleon. I like the idea of weirdo, translucent alien uh, ninjas who can kind of like take on the fighting style of people they've seen, and they their their colors just kind of shift and change over time. I like the look of that. I like the idea behind that. I like the idea that they, these two are the last Zatarans left besides Reptile, and it kind of gives them a little more because then they're like they got more of the chameleon thing going on given the name, 
where they can kind of turn translucent. Whereas Reptile, he's got more like the acid spitting, like because there's all kinds of different lizards out there, right? <laughs> They're supposed to be lizard people, so I think they fit. I'm gonna take both of these guys, Chameleon and Chameleon, and I'm gonna put them both into pretty good. I like them both. They're pretty neat. They they won't really work nowadays with the with the new age of fatalities because I can only imagine that fucking nightmare. I'll be like, okay, these guys all have to have translucent blood and translucent organs that are gonna look weird as shit to do fatalities on. Although now that I say that out loud, that'd be kinda rad. <laughs> Is if uh like they were doing the fatalities and they were all translucent and it's like I I bet that would be a pain in the ass to render, but that'd be kinda cool. I would actually kinda like that. So we're getting down to nut cutting time. We're getting real close to the ending. And uh, I'm going to do something that I don't think anyone is going to debate me on. Taven and Dagon. The twin brothers who are the protagonist and antagonist in the Mortal Kombat Armageddon storyline. I don't think anybody is going to fight me on both of these guys going into You Suck. Because they are boring they are generic. They've got some personality to... You know, I'm, I'm about to tuck myself out of it, aren't I? <laughs> I'm going to pull them back out of You Suck and rethink about this. They've got some personality. Like, Dagon, Dagon, Dagon was the one who founded the Red Dragon, which brought us Numovado. So he's going right into uh, You Suck. Dagon's now in You Suck. Uh, but Taven, I don't know. He, uh... He he has some personality. He is the catalyst for the Armageddon conquest mode, which I really liked, as as you've heard me mention before. He's not born. He's more interesting than if you go back to the very beginning of this episode. He's more interesting than Cole Young, that's for sure. I don't hate Taven, but he is still boring and lame. So Taven goes into bad. Next up, Tanya. Tanya, she's pretty good. She's pretty solid. She's a character that, for I don't really know particularly why, she's hung on as long and hard as she has, other than the fact that she is based loosely off of Ed Boon's sister. And that might be some favoritism in in the works, but hey, you know, it's his series. He can do whatever he wants. She debuted in four, and then I believe she was in, she was in four, missed five, six, seven, and then she came back in X. And Tanya's pretty good. I like Tanya. I like the look of her. I like that she's... I think she was the first... thing about it, MK4. I believe she was the... Correct me if I'm wrong. She was the first one since Sonya to not be a female ninja. Because there was Sonya, and then there was Katana, Melina, Jade, and then Chameleon, and then Frost came after her. But yeah, she... So... I'm making no point here. It occurs to me. The point is, I like I like her look. I liked it a lot when she. Uh, I liked her a lot more in the MKX version of her, where she had the uh, ah crap. What's it called the pole arm rather than the tonfas. But uh, whoops. But I actually did kind of like the tonfas because it was interest. It was uh, original. It was different, and it was unique for her. So I'm gonna take Tanya, and I think everyone agreed that she was not bad. So I'm going to take her and put her in the... Do I put her in pretty good or do I put her in awesome? You know what? I'm going to take her 
just just because of her MK. Well, I'm not I'm not really judging her off of MKX, am I? She didn't really have any particularly good fatalities or harakiris. You know what? Yeah, she she doesn't deserve awesome, but she deserves pretty good. I'll put her in pretty good. Next up, Serena. I mentioned her earlier. Serena actually technically made her debut in uh, Sub-Zero Mythologies, but she made her actual fighting debut in MK Armageddon Deception. But the the point is, I would still consider Serena an MK, uh, 3D era character, as rare and obscure as she is. She's got a really good look to her. She We've never seen her do a fatality, but I like the idea that she's like a human-looking demon, that she kind of like has a thing with an affinity for Sub-Zero. Who she turned on Quan Chi. I think she's got a pretty decent backstory, like more so than most of these fuckers. So, and I think she's one of the ones, maybe just because the freaking white streak in her hair, but a lot of people have wanted her to come back. And not that she was pretty good. So, I'm going to take Serena and put her also into, well, like I just said, pretty good. Fujin, Raiden's brother and the god of wind. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'm just gonna stick him right in awesome right now, and then I'll talk about it. He te- he was another one. A lot of these people actually debuted. I'm really mad that I don't have Quan Chi on me right now. Okay, so real quick, I'm just gonna I'm gonna okay. I'll finish Fujin and then I'll place Quan Chi in my heart. Fujin got Elden Elden's brother, Raiden's brother, the God of Wind, debuted in Mortal Kombat mythologies, but debuted for real in MK4. Despite being the god of wind, which you'd think, how does somebody who blows wind, that doesn't really bode well, or doesn't really work for like a a murder, gore, death setting, really, does it? It Surprisingly, it does, actually. Like, like, like that's one of the things I I thought originally, which is like, okay, you got Scorpion, you can burn them to death. Sub-Zero, you can freeze them and smash them. Uh, Tremor, you can break, smash him with rocks, you know, stuff like that. Those kind of, even water. You can freaking, like, have you ever seen those lasers that are just, they're not really lasers, just like a water stream that's so pressurized and so fine it cuts through metal? Yeah, throw a person under that, they're gonna get freaking, it's like you throw them into a bandsaw, you know? But, the God of Wind actually worked out pretty well, especially with his, uh, crossbow and his sword, and I don't remember if he had sword in the old games, but he had sword in the newer games. But the wind, the crossbow, his godlike abilities, and he's just got a really cool look to him. Fujin, I believe, does definitely deserves to go into the category of awesome. Even if he's not particularly my favorite, Fujin's really good. Next up, Kira. A member of the Red Dragon, which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame her as hard as I am Taven and da- uh, Dagon and Movado. She's a member of the Red Dragon. Or is she a member of the Black Dragon? I just, as I said that, I was like, wait a minute, she's Red Dragon, right? Let's check this live on air. Kira, Mortal Kombat. Oh, son of a bitch! No, I, I was about to, I was about to be wrong. Kira's a member of the Black Dragon. That makes significantly more sense. Yeah, because as I said, Red Dragon, I was like, no, that's that feels wrong. Kira's a member of the Red Dragon, and she really feels like she fits. She's kind of got that Buffy the Vampire Slayer blade look to her, but without actually being a vampire. We're going to talk about the vampire in a minute. With her with her knives and her boots and her being freaking pussy-whipping Cobra, I think that Kira's 
pretty decent in this series. She's not too bad in terms of the, you know. I would not put her in the bad. I'm I might stick her in underrated cuz I don't think she fits good but she's definitely not bad. So Kira I'm going to put into underrated. Next up, Natara. My my feelings about Natara have been said before. I like Natara. I think she's not a bad idea. She's got a decent look to her. The idea of a vampire in the Mortal Kombat setting fits perfectly. The biggest problem with her is her big, dumb fucking wings. You just get a fucking pocket knife and saw those little things off. Or, like I said, make them, like, pressed up against her back, like a tattoo or in the form of a tattoo, and she could be pretty good. I like Natara a lot. People put like to put her down there as like the worst of the worst. Oh god, she's so terrible. I don't think she's terrible. I think she's good. I think that she's pretty good. Next up, Cobra. Hey, you want Ken Masters but fucking lame? Cobra uh, goes into bad. Next up, we have Meat. Now, Meat is what originally started out as a glitch, I believe, in Mortal Kombat 4 that they then jury-rigged into being a secret playable character, which is just the standard model of a Mortal Kombat of another different character, but with no flesh. So, like, if you did a fatality where it's like the Fujin... Well, but there's a bunch of fatalities. But a fatality where all their skin comes off, that was just meat, right? And eventually, meat got turned into his own character that was terrible. Nobody cares about meat. He's lame, he's gross, he's boring. And the fact that he... And plus, I think with given the setting, it's a little off because it's like you, he's a guy who already has been flayed and has no skin. So how are you supposed to hurt somebody that's... I don't know. He just... He's weird. He doesn't... I'm not going to say he doesn't fit because pretty much anywhere he fits. You put a clown in the game that's not Joker, but like an actual party, like honk honk, party clown. It would still fit if you really wanted to. So I'm going to go ahead and stick meat into you suck. Because meat sucks. Shinnok. Where do we put Shinnok? Because even after his time in his freaking time in the limelight that was MKX, a lot of people still really don't like Shinnok. A lot of people still think that Shinnok is fucking lame. And you know, I kind of disagree. I don't, I don't know how to feel. I don't. I really genuinely don't know how to feel about Shinnok. He is not... He. The, I like the idea of the fallen elder god. I like the whole uh, v- uh, Dracula look that he kind of had going on. Even in uh, MK4, he kind of had a Dracula look, Dracula look going on. And he's also just one of those characters who he has not looked very similar between his iterations. Like when he originally debuted in Mythologies, he was like a weird old man with kind of like a fat face. And then in 4, he looked he was like kind of skinny and looked kind of like a statue, but that might have just been a, a limit of the li- of the lyrics of the graphics at the time. He looked probably his best in MK Armageddon. Unless you want to say you really liked his MKX design. 
I don't particularly like his MKX design because I didn't like the shirtless thing. I feel like he was too regal to be shirtless, you know? So all this to be said, I don't... He's not great, but at the same time, I don't think he has deserves the hate he's gotten. So he's going to go into underrated. I'm going to put him above Kira. Next up, Raiko. Raiko, or Raiko, or however you want to pronounce it, is probably the most... Div- and I don't want to say divisive. There have been a lot more divisive ones. He's the most wasted potential character in Mortal Kombat history. Because in his debut in Mortal Kombat 4, people were like, oh, fuck. It's young uh, Shao Kahn. I, there are people like, oh, my God. It's literally Shao Kahn as a, as a freaking teenager, like a reincarnated or some shit. Oh, my God. This is crazy. And then just like, no, he just likes to sit on the throne and like act like a shithead. And then in the MKX comics, he was pussy whipped by Molina and tricked by uh, fucking Havoc into doing his dirty work. And then in the MK movie, the 2021 one, he was a mindless brute swinging around a hammer, just like, ah, I'm going to hit you now. Right? Which is not what Reiko in the comics or in 4 was at all. But he's a cool idea, a cool design. But he's just been done so dirty. I'm going to put him into pretty cool. Shujinko. The main character of Mortal Kombat Deception. Starting off as a young child, getting a vision, and a, maybe not a young child, but like a teenager, getting a vision from Damashi, a messenger from the Elder Gods. He is then propelled on an adventure that lasts a lifetime to collect the Kamidogu for the good of all the realms, only for to have been tricked by the Dragon King Onaga into assembling the Kamidogu so that the Dragon King could make his return. And along the way, he learns a little bit of everything from a little bit of everyone. He learns everyone's different fighting styles, he gets a little bit of Scorpion, a little bit of Havoc, a little bit of all kinds of people. And at some point, he gets two swords, which nobody else has any two swords, whatever, right? But at the same time, his name is literally main character. He's kind of a generic-looking, like, kung fu master guy. Like from, like, from the old, you know, Donnie Yen movies or whatever. And he's not particularly great of a character. He doesn't have a particularly good fighting style. And his fatalities in that one game were not anything to write home about. However, he did bring me my my favorite thing, one of my favorite things in the history of Mortal Kombat, which was Deception, Deception uh, Conquest Mode. So I cannot bring myself to put him under bad. You know what? No, I'll put him in bad, but he's at you know he's gonna be at the top of bad. He's gonna be right below underrated because he. He brought. He was the catalyst for conquest mode, and I can't bring myself to say that that was terrible. Next up is Quan Chi, and as you can probably imagine, Quan Chi is going up in flawless. That's not even a question. The, he's a freaking diabolical sorcerer, shapeshifter, sometimes uh, not shapeshifter, uh, necromancer. Made his debut in Deception, actually deadly a lot. I can't remember what he... He made his debut in the cartoon, actually. And I'm thinking about it. Because the cartoon came before Mortal Kombat mythologies, right? A little bit of homework here. 
I know I, I know that Mythologies was uh rather I know that Defenders of the Realm was 96. Sub Zero Mythologies was 97. So he made his debut in the cartoon, then moving into Mythologies and finally debuting officially in MK4. He has been pretty much fucking fantastic all the way through. He then took on the leading role in MK Deadly Alliance alongside Shang Tsung. His necromancy, his backstabbing, his magic. He, he's the reason that Scorpion's fan, entire family and clan was murdered and that he became Scorpion. Quan Chi, between his look, and he's got one of the best fatalities of the 3D era where he fucking beats you to death with your own leg. Quan Chi is fantastic. He's a fantastic character. He's a fantastic personality. He's a fantastic fighting style. He's a fantastic look. Everything about Quan Chi is more or less flawless. So right here at the bottom, we're down to the final two, and you might be kind of scratching your head about both of these. Create a combatant. I know what you're thinking. What the hell are you talking about? Create a combatant? That's not even a that's not even a character. It's just like a concept of a character. Yeah, well, I don't care. Create a combatant was awesome. You can make Goku or Akuma or Ryu or freaking uh, Mike Johnson. Or not Mike Johnson. Uh, the freaking senator guy who was a dick about Mortal Kombat. You can make Ed Boon. You can make whoever you wanted and then fucking dismember them. All the freaking fighting styles could were completely custom. All the fighting styles. The fighting style was almost completely customizable. You could do whatever you want. You could do some real wacky horse shit with Creative Combatant. And it was a lot of ton of fun. And you could make... And plus, that was half the reason to play through the Conquest mode and all that was to unlock money to make your freaking Creative Combatant. And it sucked that you only got the one slot, but you could just keep changing every detail about them whatever you wanted, so it's not a huge deal. Plus, then you could also uh, do the do the uh, profile systems. You could, I guess technically you'd have up to ten, but then they have different money, so whatever. Right? Fuck you. I don't care. I'm putting Creative Command up into awesome. So, right here at the bottom, we have what might be the hardest one to place so far. For me personally, which is the big bad of the entire Mortal Kombat franchise. Kind of. Whatever. Blaze. Blaze started off back in the old, 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 old days of Mortal Kombat 2 as a sprite in the background of the pit. From there, he debuted in Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance as a secret character being named, well, Blaze. His story was that he was wandering the world ready to find his meaning to life when he was ambushed by a sect of holy men who then took him and put him into servitude guarding the final Onaga Dragon Egg. And as of Mortal Kombat Deception, he was just kind of a wandering spirit. I don't believe he was playable. Trying to figure out, apparently he had broken free, or maybe this was like because it was kind of like a weird prequel situation going on with uh, the Deception storyline or uh, Conquest mode. So maybe this was before he got uh, captured. I don't remember. And he's just trying to figure out what's my purpose in life. What am I supposed to be doing? 
And then in Mortal Kombat Armageddon, he's like, oh yeah, that's right, well, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be standing at the top of a giant fucking pyramid, waiting for a bunch of people to come try and kill me so that I can grant them godly power when they do. Right. And then he turned into a fucking 20-foot-tall lava-armored monster. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Blaze is out of checkered past. A lot of people thought it was like, I think in Deception and Deadly Alliance, everyone was like, oh, cool, it's that guy, right? I don't think anybody had a problem with Blaze in those games. But it was in MK Armageddon, MK Armageddon, where people went, are you fucking kidding me? The big, bad, final boss of the Mortal Kombat franchise is that fucking background sprite that's been wandering around the last two freaking story modes with his thumb up his ass being like, oh man, wh why do I exist? And people kind of didn't like that. They're like, all this time, Shang Tsung, Shao Kahn, even Shinnok, it's like, but it's fucking Blaze is the big bad at the end? Okay, I guess. What the fuck? Right? And I believe that was, for the most part, the sentiment of Blaze. In the game, he was a big, hulking boss character. And being a boss character, he had a completely unique moveset. He couldn't be done fatalities to. It was a whole thing, right? So his whole moveset was kind of eh, right? So the question is, where does he go? A lot of people like to talk about Blaze like he is terrible. Because of his placement in the story. However, I don't think that that qualifies him to be really bad. I don't think the fact that he ended up being at the top of the pyramid makes him a bad character. I think that's actually kind of fine. I've never had a problem with that, right? Maybe it's because I wasn't, cause, uh, I wasn't really following at the time. As I said before, uh, I started caring about uh, Mortal Kombat around the time of MK vs. DCU. So by the time Blaze showed up as the final big bad of all of Mortal Kombat, I was it was history to me. It was like, oh, okay, look at that thing, right? I didn't have a personal investment in it. I didn't have a strong opinion on it, etc. But a lot of people who do have a strong opinion who had been vested in it thought it was really stupid. Looking back, I don't think that he sucks. However, I wouldn't really consider him underrated. Because I, even with everything I've been talking about, I don't think he's particularly great. I think he's fine. I think he's acceptable. So, I think that really just kind of puts us that Blaze goes in bad. So, here we are. Oh, could I have done this the whole time? Ah, son of a bitch. Well... <laughs> For those of you listening and not watching, I just realized I could have hit a button and made the, the screen look a lot nicer this whole time. Well, too late. So, I'm going to go ahead and start off at the top and give you a quick recap of the final result that we came to. Remember, the seven rankings from best to worst are flawless, awesome, pretty good, underrated, bad, you suck, and suhow. So, up in flawless, we have... Oh, excuse me, I bust about died there. Up in Flawless, we have Kenshi, Frost, and Quan Chi. The only three characters from the Mortal Kombat franchise from the 3D era that I would say 
really stand up alongside the likes of Scorpion, Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade, Katana, Jax, those kind of guys. In Awesome, we have Havoc, Fujin, and Create a Combatant. Fuck you, it's my list. Under Pretty Good, we have Hotaru, Dramen, Chameleon and Chameleon, Tanya, Serena, Natara, and Riko. 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 Whatever his name is. In the underrated category, I've got Limei, Darius, Ashra, Shinnok, and Kira. For bad, we've got Shujinko right at the top, because I could not bring myself to put him any further. Dairu, Kai, Jerick, Onaga, Boraicho, Taven, Cobra, and Blaze. Below that in You Suck is Mocap, Motaro, the, sen- the Seder, Moloch, Movado, Dagon, and Meat. And under the uh, illustrious Suhao category is Suhao. So that is my official tier list ranking of the Mortal Kombat 3D era characters. What do you think? Do you think I, I pretty much nailed it on the head? Is did you, is there anything big that you would change? Is there anything you think is like, no, that's totally wrong? Let me know. Hit me up. Leave a comment. Send an email. Enter the realm at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for giving a listen. Please make sure you subscribe and download each and every episode as soon as it comes out. You're welcome. And, uh, yeah. This has been a fun one. This was pretty easy for me, so my brain isn't exploding out the side of my skull. Thank you for tuning in. And I will see you next time. Enter.